The Sporting Edge on Tip FM. Funded by Commission Naman with the television license fee. Thanks very much, Paul, for having me. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, no, it's great to have you on, Amy. Uh, it's great to have a, a jockey on because it's some it's something I'm kind of interested in learning about. It's not something I know an awful lot about in terms of the the steps to becoming a jockey. But just by by your own story, um, grew up in feathered, seemed to always be into into horse racing from a young age, or horses at least from a young age. Yeah, we've always had horses and ponies at home. Mum um, and Dad were into the racing and breeding side of things. And my grandfather actually bred the Grand National winner in 1986 with a horse called West Tip. So we always kind of had horses and ponies at home. And I have no I have no other interest or anything else in mind, only to work with horses and to pursue a career with them. Yeah, and like uh, growing up in Feathered and Feathered killing all that region is it, is very there's horses everywhere I'd imagine so you weren't too far away from from growing up. No horses are everywhere. Coolmore would be our neighbour or surrounding area. So with horses, even studs or hunting, hunts with the tip foxhounds, we they'd be hunting around our land and stuff. And uh, yeah, we always it was always taking place from at home from a very early young age. Yeah, and, and like so growing up. You always, you always liked horses. Wanted to become a jockey, but what, what does that journey look like? Like, how do, how do you become a, a jockey? What did it look like for you? Uh, well, I suppose everybody has an inspiration growing up, and just enough for school or for my confirmation name. I picked the name Ruby because it could be a girl or a, a man's name, and I was inspired by Ruby from a very young age, going to the stall races and just watching him, you know, become my idol. So. I um I, I was inspired by Ruby and I picked I actually picked his name to be my confirmation name as well oh. and um I know it's mad really but um we um just had ponies we were I was hunting I hunted the tip foxhounds and always had the dream of becoming a jockey and so when I turned 16 I set, signed up for the race academy up in Kildare which is the racing school. And I done my TY year there, and I came back there and did my leaving cert, and I've worked a full time with horses ever since, and I, and I haven't looked back yet, so I love it. That's brilliant. So this, um, first of all, have you ever spoken to to Ruby Walsh? Have you have you told him about that? I don't think so. It's done a lot of um, interviews and articles and stuff. I'm sure he's probably seen it by now, but um, I don't know actually. Um, <laughs> but I, I'd love I'd love to tell him someday and say. When I am in the process of trying to make it, I love to tell them and look back at it and they inspired me. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> um, talk to me about about race the 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 racing school up in up in Kildare. Um, what's that like? I'd imagine for someone who's big into to horse racing, that's a a dream kind of a scenario where you're able to to learn the trade and keep your education going as well. Yeah, so I was sixteen going up, and my other sister was actually she was going to college in Limerick at the time when she was moving out, and she she I couldn't wait to leave because I was working with horses as a full as a full time while school was in the background, and when we come home the weekend, she was mad to come home, and I just wanted to stay up there longer. I just loved it that much. Like you were you were going away for the week to work with horses, and that's all I ever loved and wanted. And uh, so you you would have rode out in the mornings. Um, it was riding out in the gallops at home um, in race in Clare and then in the afternoons then you had school from about 2 o'clock to 5 o'clock and you were coming out with a past leave and start of like equivalent to a level 4 and 
then from in the evening times then from about six to seven you'd do gym work for an hour with Wayne Middleton up there and then in the free time then you'd do simulator lessons. So it was all go, go, go but it was a really good experience and I, I enjoyed my time up there for the ten months when I was uh sixteen, yeah. yeah. So it's still a very young I'm still a very young age but I, you just you learn some amount and just matured and got to live from live away from home and just le- learn to live about the real world. Yeah, yeah, a brilliant experience by all accounts. And I, I didn't even, I, it's never crossed my mind that, that a, a racing simulator would be a thing. So that's obviously a handy little piece of kit to have as well. Exactly, yeah. It's 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 not a real horse, but it'd be equivalent to riding in a race and the speed and, you know, pushing in a finish and using your stick techniques. And it'd be, it'd be just good for fitness alone on the legs and the calf itself. But, um no, it's um, it's good. It's good to have those uh, facilities up there in race and to use them in your free time or whenever you did have free time up there because they're just so busy. But it was good. I enjoyed it. So after you finish up there, is the goal then to maybe get into a local yard or where did you go from there? Uh, the goal, the plan was the deal with it. My mum was to say if I went to release, I had to come back and do my leaving cert. So I did. I came back and did my leaving cert. And I was working for Joe Murphy and Feder for the weekends and during the summer and the holidays. And I took out my license with Joe, and um, he actually gave my father his first ride on the on the track as well. And I could say that Joe gave me my first ride on the track. So wow. there's actually history going back there too. Yeah, um, Dad, he just he he rode a few point to pointers, but he didn't pursue it. He just um, became a farmer instead. So he he loves to see me doing well with the horses and to continue it and continue it with the family. So it's great. And and do you remember your, your first official race? Yeah, it was a horse called Fit for Function up in Dundalk in uh, January. It's about four years ago now, I think. Uh, we I finished fourth on him. He was a great, he was a great little horse in the yard. Um, he had a few winners, but uh, no, I had, I had a few rides on him since, and uh, I still remember to this day. Yeah, it was great. And uh, would you be? Do you remember the kind of feeling? Like, are you? nervous are you excited or what was the kind of feeling Do you know that first time it's probably a, a goal or a, definitely a milestone obviously as well yeah so it, it was my first time even riding around Dundalk I never rode a piece of work or got a feel at the track and Joe says look sure we'll just throw you in the deep end and it'll just be like a quick gallop going around and just just enjoy yourself but the famous last words to go out and enjoy yourself but <laughs> it was like I won the race I came back with big red rosy cheeks and the smiles you couldn't swipe you couldn't swipe the smile off my face it was just a brilliant atmosphere and just achievement itself I know it don't all go be the warmest spots but it's fairly warm that day. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, no, it's a you you've you've obviously a clear a clear passion for what you do, so that's a, it's great to hear. So since then you you've moved on with with um Andrew Slattery his yard. Um tell us about a bit about that. Yeah, so I've been in Andy's now the last uh it's three years last September. Um I actually Andy gave me my first winner on a on a horse called Sunset Nova back in Navin um last year. Um now that was a that that is a day I'll never forget. I know you won't forget your first ride, but your first winner it just was phenomenal. Like it was unbelievable just to to pass the line in, in front because I was I had about fifty rides I think altogether before I had my first winner and it's the day you least expected it happened and it was an apprentice race in Avon and um I was out the back and I just weaved my way through hitting for the front. It was over it was over five furlongs and once he hit the front then he just stayed on strong and there was nothing crawling up my inside to the left or to the right. And I said, geez, I think I have a chance here. But sure, once I got to the line, I look up and I'm after winning. 
when you were punching punching the air with joy. It was just it was just unbelievable. Yeah, it's brilliant. And I'd imagine that kind of first of all, it, it's it's mad that it, you know, like fifty races and it's when you kinda of least expect it, but that, that feeling it must be kind of a an addictive feeling then once you do get it. Yeah, it was. It was it was just the thrill the thrill of just passing the line in front and I remember Kevin O'Ryan interviewed me after the race going, What's the goal? What's the ambition now? I said, Kevin, it was long enough to try and get the first winner out of the way, never mind getting any more. I was like, This is the goal and it wasn't a week later and I rode my second winner. So it just it just happened so quickly. Yeah. And and did you feel were you getting disillusioned or anything at all before getting that first win? Um, if you just kinda you're kinda thinking to yourself, just you can just work and keep the head down and just slaving away wondering when when will this happen, when will this day come because the winners in Ireland it's very hard to come by because Ireland's just such a small and competitive country itself with horses with racing with the flat and jump. You know, a winner is it it is a big thing in Ireland and you know, it's so small it's a major thing and you know just to ride the first winner was great because it's it's hard enough to get rides and get going in Ireland but then to get the second winner it, I thought maybe I might have a chance at this I might kick on because my weight and my height was ideal and I just had no interest in anything else even if I even if I wasn't going to become a jockey I think I still be working with horses in some line down down in the future like yeah no it's and like just the life of a jockey, like you're not, there's, there's not, you're not racing every day. Let's say so. Just the day-to-day life as a jockey. What would you be getting up to on the yards? So, you'd be riding out. You'd be. We start work at seven, and you'd be done on a good day. You'd be done around half twelve one on a daily basis. So I work full time in Andy. So I'll be back then from half three to five. So you're you're gonna get going all day if you can if you can get a chance to ride out for other trainers or ride work in the meantime from. Just say one o'clock to three o'clock. You would. There's a just a gallop up the road. Um, in Willie Brown's, we do a lot. Of, we work a lot of horses there, so we just try and get your name out there for riding for other people. Just to you know, get your name out there and get mm. more rides hopefully in the future. And um, yeah, well, it's a busy. It's a, it is a busy day schedule in the life of it. There's no there's no easy way around it. They say like if you if you want to if you want to have a go at it, you have to give it a hundred percent. Even like your fitness wise, you'd be in the gym just trying to work in your upper strength and just the endurance just to keep going. Like, you know, it's race riding is very different to riding horses at home. You'd be riding, you could be riding maybe eight to ten horses a day, but riding in a race is just completely different, just fitness wise, you know, just to, you're just your legs and your arms and just the upper body just to keep the strength and the, just to keep the power going. Yeah, no, it is. I'm I'm really interested in it, in all those little things because I I wouldn't have a clue in terms of, like you know, getting up on a horse to to go out and race. Like what what even the tactics are, and you know, like to, to give me a, a very beginner level understanding. Like what when you're going out uh, in a race, uh, you know, wherever it is around the country, before the race, are you lining up a picture of the race in your mind of how you think it's going to go and what you want to do with the horse, or what's the kind of how does the what are the tactics of a, a general flat race? So every horse is different. Every horse likes to be ridden differently. There could be horses that would be like wanting to make the running. So they'd be in like, they'd be uh, the forward horses in the race. So they'd be setting the pace and then that's the way they'd like to go. Or if you have a horse that's keen, you might want to be settled in behind. So you would settle, you have a few horses in front of you just to be boxed in and settle away. And just, it just depends on the distance of the race too. But um, 
you'd have a look at the horse's form or what way it's ridden or different horses wear different headgear just for keeping the horse interested in the race or to be settled. You'd wear a hood just to block out the noise. Or if there's a horse that's idling, which just means it's not going forward in the race, you might put blinkers on or visors. And it just it's just certain headgear to keep on the horse to keep it focused and to run its to run its race and do the best it it, it possibly can. Um, but it, it, a lot of the newspapers, like the race of post, the Irish Field, that have all the information the horses, or even the racing apps would have the you know the previous races of how the horses ran, and you can go back and watch the way the horses ran with another jockey and. The trainer will tell you then the day of the race in the parade ring. He'll give you his instru- his or her instructions of what of what way they want the horse ran, and um, you just try and do the best you possibly can do to to level it up with them. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 a re- real interesting thing uh, for me anyway to to hear you talking about it. But um, we mentioned you you're kind of hoping to push on after those first early wins, and and you clearly have. Last year you you got the. Uh, the HRI's ride of the year that was for Redstone Well in, in Leopardstown um, tell us about that because I, I read that you had kind of lots of family there on the day of that race so it must have been a, a great kind of day up in Leopardstown yeah so last year I rode seven last year I rode well two years ago I rode seven winners and last year just gone I rode four winners like the dream and ambition is just to keep riding as many winners as I can to keep going but um Last year, I I got better winners. I rode, I won the Premier Handicap up in Leopardstown, it's called the Nasrallah, on a horse called Redstone Well that I won on him earlier on during the year in Ballon Robe. And I only ridden, I rode him three times. I won on him twice in his first run. I was second on him in Goran. And um, it, it's a competitive race. It was, it's a competitive, it's a big deal, like a Premier Handicap. You have horses races, you have horses race between 80 and 200, like, and um, like you're up against all the big trainers like Jesse Harrington and Aidan O'Brien, and Danny. Danny only has a handful, few of horses. He he's a, he's the man that trained um, Redstone, Danny O'Sullivan. Yeah. He's only a handful, of few horses at home, and it was just a big. It was a big day for him too to achieve such a big race and and a win because those days are very hard come by, and it's hard to just get a horse to progress and to carry on. And Redstone proved himself that day, and he won with his heart on his sleeve, and. He done he done it easily now to be fair to him. So in that scenario, he was ridden from the front as well. He likes to set the pace and dominate his way around. So once I jumped out with the stalls, I met all, and um, he kept his head in front the whole way to the line. So it was brilliant. It really was. Yeah, no, it's, it sounds unreal. I I feel like I I've I've so much more to ask, but we're kind of pushed for time here. But just for the the next uh, couple of months, what are you kind of targeting um for the, for the next couple of months? Um, just to keep getting as many rides and as many winners as I can possibly get. Like I've the ladies race won last year. That was definitely one on the checklist that I can take off. I've I've won three lady races now altogether. So I think if Ireland could pursue and more lady races for flat jockeys, it'd be great to get more rides and hopefully more winners out of them. But they've a lot of they've a lot of lady races for the amateurs. I just love for if they're on the flat. Um yeah, just hopefully keep riding and keep getting plenty of winners and keep the success going because it's not it's not an easy game. But if you love it, you wouldn't consider it a, a job, you know. It's yeah. great. Yeah, no, it's, you're, you're definitely uh, sound, sound like someone who's very passionate for it. Amy Jo, it's, it's been great talking to you and hopefully we can, we can catch up again. Thank you very much. Thanks, Paul. It's been great. It's been a pleasure. The Sporting Edge on Tip FM. Funded by Commission Naman with the television license fee.